Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Yo, what's up? This is Kevin Rudolph. You're listening to buzzworthyradio.net. Check out my single, Let It Rock, and check out my album, In the City and Stores Now. <clears throat> well, good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Buzzworthy Radio. I am your host, Novell J. Lee, coming to you live at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific, here on blogtalkradio.com. Why am I talking like this? Well, I'm sick, so I have a very deep voice, and that's all I can tell you. Anyway... I'm pretty sure you all are aware of what's going down tonight. I'm going to be letting you live vicariously through me. And by that I mean you're going to live vicariously through me about what happened on the cruise last week and then some other things I'm going to be getting into that, uh, let's just say, well, I think it's pretty, but some might not. But let's just get right down to it, shall we? Let's get right down to the business at hand first. I mean, did you hear that ugly Betty is now being benched for these two shows? Oh, wait a minute. This is the wrong program. I'm not supposed to be talking about prime time. I'm supposed to be talking about soaps. Well, let me first start off by saying, are soaps really that interesting that I need to be spending a whole entire hour talking about? I mean, we all know that daytime is dying. Why should I be wasting my time talking about soap operas? Now, I want to basically say that that statement right there was just to prove a point. And it goes hand-in-hand with what goes on with the soap crews as well as anything else. I'm talking about soaps because we've got to stick together kind of thing. That's basically what I'm saying. But what happens on the soap crews, that opinion does not fly anymore with what goes on behind the scenes. But before I get into that, I just want to start off by saying, how happy is everybody that Martha Byrne is back on soaps? I mean, she may not be acting, but at least she is writing. She is doing something. She now needs to be where she needs to be. And let me tell you what, Martha Byrne, if you're listening to this show right now, as the world turns, can right now kiss your little white ass. You are so better than them. You don't need as the world turns. I would love to have you back on as the world turns because you need to give that show a major upheaval because it's right now down in the dumps. You worked with the greatest head writer there was, Doug Marlin. There are things you can show as the world turns that Gene Passanante can't even snort when she takes the weed. You can do so much better for that show. It is uncanny. So if As the World Turns gave you the opportunity to come back on the show and to write for them, you can tell them to fuck themselves. You don't need As the World Turns. You're better than As the World Turns. I wouldn't look a gift horse of the mouth as far as that show is concerned. So you do what you need to do. And I'm glad you're on B&B. B&B is slightly improving. I am so happy that you are writing for that show. I support you. I can't wait to see what you can do with it. And if they love your work, and I know they will, I hope they keep you there longer than you need to. 
So, Martha, I implore you to do the best that you can. I just wanted to start off by saying that. I really did. I wanted to start off by saying, Martha Byrne, you rock. So, that was my two cents. <laughs> and I'm I'm getting the callers right now, and uh, oh my gosh, they're already ready to uh, listen in on the bitch rant. So, let's see. I have a caller here. Caller, are you there with us? I have no idea uh, what yeah. area you're coming from. Hey, how are you? I'm doing fine. Um, is this Novell? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, Novell, this is Gregor Zick from Daytime Royalty. Well, how are you doing, sir? I am doing fine. I just saw the, you know, the, the shall we say, bitch fest over at the side over, you know, Nelson Bronco's latest column. And having grown oh, yeah. up... Inter- um, yeah, I'm going to be saying my two cents about that, but go ahead. <laughs> you know, let me throw my two cents in as somebody, you know, who, who's had family members work in soap journalism. Yes. Uh, if anybody was surprised by what he wrote, they obviously have not been reading some of the blind items for years. You know, I mean, the fact that, you know, Dee and Drake may not like each other. I mean, I was talking to a friend who's very familiar with the soap scene, you know, and its origins here in Cincinnati. And, you know, we were just like, what What took everybody, What what took the press so long to figure this out and report on it? Hmm. Well, I read the the article today, the column today, actually, because I was anticipating what he had to say about Dee and Drake and their exit and everything. It didn't surprise me in the least that Kenny Yeah, I mean, like I mean, it's like, where's everybody been for the past 15, 16 years? Apparently, their heads were in the toilet. They drowned <laughs> themselves out. They think that, um, listen, I want you, Dave fans, to listen to me right now. And please come in closer, because I don't think that you will be able to hear me even when I am speaking this loud. So please come in closer. Come in closer. <laughs> come in closer. Yes, right, that's, I'm, uh, that's good. Right there. Stay right there. Now, I'm okay. going to listen to this phrase very carefully that I'm about to tell all you fans out there. All the fans, I love you. You make this show what it is. If you didn't listen to the show all the time, I would not be here. But I have to tell you, you day fans are freaking Bitches. You are crazy bitches that need to get their heads out of your freaking ass. Listen and read what Nelson has been telling you for yeah. months. And yes, Alvin, yeah, he may have wrote that to get the day's fan bases um, up and rally, but they're going to get up and rally anyway, no matter what Nelson writes. He did an, yeah, article, I mean, he did an interview with Jay Kenneth Johnson. Look, that may not have been a best work, but the day's fans pretty much sniffed that up as if it was the best thing since sliced bread. These day fans are vicious. Vicious. No, I mean, it's just like, I'm sorry. Like I said, I grew up in Cincinnati around the P&G soap scene. I, you know, I can remember being 10 years old and hearing about all the cast fights amongst the Another World crew back in the late 60s. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like, you know, anybody who is shocked or surprised by this, you know, or anybody who was shocked or surprised about what he wrote about Susan Lucci being a pain in the butt over her salary. Oh, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this. This goes in with what happened behind the scenes on the show cruise, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to mention this. And everyone knows how of an advocate I had been of Susan Lucci, okay? Right. And now that Nelson put this in his column, I 
so want to talk about this now. So want to talk about this because this is so delicious. Even I would salivate. Now, I'm not sure that you are aware of this, but you know that Jacob Young is in contract negotiations now. He plays the role of JR. Um, JR yeah, and I heard that there might be, and I've heard some rumors that they're trying to get him back at B&B. Oh, yeah. Possibly. Yes, let's feel those rumors too. Now, he's in contract negotiations. He has to take a 70% pay cut. 70. For them to resign him. For him to resign, yes, he has to take a 70% pay cut. Not 17, the number that comes after 69, 70. 70% pay cut. For a show um, that may not be around for like what? Um, another five years? I know. That just shows right there that All My Children was probably indeed going to get canceled. If he has to take a 70% pay cut. Oh, um, I think no. right... My personal opinion, the three shows that are on the chopping block are Guiding Light, AMC, and Days. Mm-hmm. You know, they're... You know, uh, I don't see how Days can grow an audience if they keep focusing on, like, say, you know, Jarlena or Bope. Um, you know... They've got to put some new blood in that show, but I don't think this, you know, the current fans will stand for it. I think GL oh, can, you know, uh, I think GL can promote, you know, Grant Alexander, you know, he, you know, hey, the ratings weren't there when he was there. Why did they think the ratings are going to come when he comes back? And this is coming from somebody who is a fan of Mr. Alexander's. Well, here's the uh, thing I feel about this. I think they're just bringing him back because they just want to say bye-bye to the longest-running daytime soap opera. They want to be what Another World was. Right. How it ended. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I think, you know, at this point, you know, you know, cancel um, Guiding Light. It's not going to be what it was in its glory days. And and for those of us who are old enough to remember the glory days of Agnes, Erna, and the, and the Soderberghs, you know, this show has been down the toilet, you know, for 15 years. I mean, it, it's, it essentially died when they killed off the character of Maureen Bauer. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you know, my only fear about that is once Guiding Light gets canceled, they'll try and send those geniuses like Wheeler and Kasman over to, uh, as the world turns to screw it up even more than Gottman and Passanati already have. Oh, please, please. <laughs> I don't even want to yeah. think about that right now, but it's so true that that's most likely going to wind up happening. They recycle, they recycle writers more than I recycle my garbage. <laughs> yep. You know, I'm not they kidding. Have... I'm oh, not I know. Kidding. I mean, how many writers do they have right now? What, four or five head writers? I mean, I've lost count. I so, I think so. I mean, I don't pay attention enough as it is to really care. (laughs) Right. No, but I just feel like right now, you know, if Passions couldn't make it, if Port Charles couldn't make it, some of the, you know, I mean, I was a big fan of both days and all my children back in the day, but neither of these shows are anywhere close to what they were originally, and the time has come to cut some losses. I mean, like Erna Phillips always said, Regardless of ratings, if your show gets to the point where it's where it lacks believability and logic, it's time for it to go. And that's coming from the mother who of all soap opera. 
Right, if, exactly. You know, if Erna were alive today, Guiding Light would be would have been gone ten years ago. Mm. No doubt in my mind. Really? You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think no, but it's just like to me, Guiding Light is is never going to be a viable show again. Well, you know, it. I'll be sad when it's canceled, but I think the time has come. To, you know, the poor dead horse needs to be shot and put out of its misery. I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that now more so than anything else. I mean, I have to say that they should just put it out of its misery by going out and putting on the best show of their lives right now. Because, right. honestly, I don't see it surviving past April. Right. Like the very first thing I expect to hear is that Guiding Light will not be renewed into next year. Right. The contract renewal comes up in April. I expect, it to, I expect the first thing to wake up to going, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to take Guiding Light off of life support. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, its ratings right now are just as low as Passions or Port Charles ever, ever were. There's no reason, you know, you can't justify the, the airtime. You can't. You know, it doesn't um, help also that it's not on in every market. Right, it's not on in every market. It's not on at the same time in, uh, in the markets that it is on. You know, what is it? New York shows it at what, 9 in the morning? New York shows it at 9 in the morning. Where I live at in Jersey, it comes on at 10 in the morning. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, here in Cincinnati, it comes on at 3 p.m., you know, it's regular time slot. Right. But, you know, it loses to, to like, you know, Dr. Phil all the time in local ratings. Mm-hmm. You know, and if P&G can't even bring, you know, the ratings home in their home market, you know, I don't see why they bother. Honestly, I don't think that they can even promote Guiding Light correctly. Have you seen the promotions that they did for Philip Happens here? Oh, I haven't seen them, but oh, God, have I heard about it. I could come up with a better promotion than that. Yeah, I hear they're absolutely awful. You know, um... You know, like I said, I mean, I love GL days and all my children back in the day. I thought, you know, they were all very innovative, groundbreaking programs. But all three of these shows, I, I mean, it's like uh, soap historian Wesley Hyatt, who wrote the Encyclopedia of Daytime Television, said about days, the show has been a laugh, laughing stock since the possession storyline. <laughs> They're just realizing this, right? They didn't yeah. know this then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you you just figured that out, guys? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm ready for some cancellations. Yes, I'm going to be depressed because I have great memories of days and GL uh, of guiding light and all my children, but you know, all good all things must come to an end and I think the end is is here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, because I can't see how you save any of those three shows. You can't, especially now. There's no way. I mean, I just read just now, which I didn't know, that they're planning on making a new hospital set for GH. Mm. Well, the thing is, uh, the problem with GH is the problem that was with all the medical soaps. There's 
you know, you take it out of the hospital setting and you don't, you know, and it has no room to grow outside the hospital setting. I mean, that's what eventually did the doctors in. That's eventually what did the nurse, you know, the primetime soap, the nurses in, you know. The concept, you know, I think GH has kind of outlived its, you know, you know, its place. Excuse me. You know, I mean, how much, you know, there's only so much you could do with the hospital setting. Well, taking it outside and doing all this, get, you know, Sopranos-like crap that they've done for the past, what, 10 years? The turnoff. Yeah, it's the turnoff. Novelty worn off. Yeah, the novelty's worn off. You know, um, Maurice Bernard is overexposed. They've gone through how many actresses now playing Carly? And, you know, and it's like none of them were believable as being Jackie Zeman's daughter. <laughs> you know? Only Sarah uh, Brown. I have to say, only Sarah Brown. Okay, I'll give you Sarah, but none of the other ones. Especially Janie Bransford. Talk uh, about miscasting. Let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> Friend of yeah. JFP, you are, um, sorry. Not the best thing. Yeah. Just saying. And speaking of not the best thing, we were talking earlier, for those of you who were just coming in the chat room, about Miss La Lucci herself and how, my God, one thing that was not mentioned, which I should have mentioned alongside the, uh, the, Sarah, um, um, the Jacob Young thing, now, we all had read that you know, she's basically going on a, a, a bitch fit, apparently. I mean, that's just what it seems like. I mean, she's mm. being a new bitch right now. Well, how, mm. how about this? Let's put this on for size. Here is the next piece of dirt I found out on the boat. Miss Susan Lucci now wants to get David Canary fired off of all my children. She wants him fired. I'm sorry, Susan. You may be the best thing on All My Children because you are All My Children, but you are in no way, shape, or form David Canary. David acts circles around you. She makes you look good. He makes you look good. That's why when you two are in scenes together, I love it because you two shine because he brings out the best in you. Uh, this is my comment on that, if I may. One of the problems I think all my children has is it doesn't know when it, to cut its losses with its villains. Matter of fact, I think a lot of soaps have that problem. Stefano should have been gone ten years ago from days. Adam and Palmer should have been gone from all my children. Oh, what, early 90s? You know, the idea of these people constantly getting away with this stuff and never get caught or never having any repercussions, it's not believable. You know, they, you know, they, you know, the writers jump through hoops getting these characters out of all these, you know, like, situations, you know, because they're, you know, and for every fan who likes seeing at, like seeing a Stefano or like seeing an Adam, there's another fan who's turned, turning it off because they're saying like, yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Well, it, it was, it was made obvious. Because everybody wants to know why is Susan wanting him fired. Well, it was made obvious that in in, a, in the such report at one time there was a blind item about which which New York actor is starting to um, not remember lines, and David Canary is the guy, and he's starting to not remember some lines, 
they initially, all my children wanted to kill off the character of Adam and make Stuart recurring. That's the rumor that's circulating right now. They wanted and to kill off work. Adam and make Stuart recurring. And, and, and it seems like Susan wants him off, so that way she doesn't have to take a second pay cut, which she didn't know about until now. She oh, got to take another lovely. pay cut. She had to take another pay cut. She did not know that they were going to have her take a second pay cut. Now she does, especially if she reads this latest such report, that she's going to have to take another pay cut. She is not going to like this at all. You know what? I'm just chewing at the scenery. I'm chewing at the bit because I love it. Love it. <laughs> well, I'm th- thank you for letting me contribute here, but I think I should get off the line and let some of your other listeners join in on this. All right. Well, thank you Talk so much. Talk to you later, Nabal. Bye. Right, take care. <laughs> See, if any of you are on this boat and you're hanging out and just hearing Jacob Young say this, it was beautiful. And I know a lot of you were saying here, especially Alvin, for him not to come back to the Bold and the Beautiful. I actually liked him as Rick. Don't get me wrong, he may not have a good material back then, but the Bells love him. And this is just the rumor that is circulating. This is just the rumor that is circulating. And that he would like, if Brad Bell offered him a deal to put on the table for him to come back to B&B as Rick, with the same amount of money that he's making now before he has to take this 70% pay cut, he would take it. I'm not one of the biggest Kyle Lauder supporters, but he's doing a good job now. But I would give anything to see Jacob Young back on the Bowling Beautiful. Can you imagine his themes with Susan Flannery? I mean, just think. Can you imagine seeing him act opposite Susan Flannery? That would be huge, huge, huge. Now, I know some of you are pretty much are skeptical about the day's conversation I'm about to make. I already told you to get your heads out of your asses. You don't know what else I'm probably saying in my head that I'm probably going to say right now. But that's only because I did not see John and Marlena's last day. As you were aware of, I was away when it was aired. And I heard it was the worst 20 minutes of my life. The worst 20 minutes ever. So I have, I didn't watch it, obviously. I didn't watch it. But from what I heard about how they were sent off, it was complete and utter garbage. The people who did those soap scripts that all the actors act on stage, they could write better than Dina Higley. What is Higley smoking? And yet you are so upset that these people are gone. You're upset that John and Monator are gone, but you're still going to watch? Yes, that is hypocritical of me to say because I said that daytime now has to stick together, but yet you are so livid that they're gone, you're still going to watch? If you really want to get these people's attention, the quote I just heard from Nelson and Jamie Giddens from Daytime Confidential, vote by remote. Watch something else. Watch something else. There's pretty much lots of things on TV that you can do or watch better that's going to be on at 
1 p.m. Eastern Time, which is what time the Angel Online comes on here. You can watch something so much better than that. I mean, all you did was just basically sh have them come in a scene for 20 minutes and then cast them off the side like they were yesterday's garbage. Ken Corday, I know you don't like these two characters, but oh my God, you could have done so much better. The fans deserved better. They deserve so much better than that than having to put up with that mess for how many years now? And he's still in that seat. He's still in that seat. What is it going to take for Ken Corday and Dina Higley to get out of those positions? Who do I have to have sex with to get them off that show? I mean, seriously, who do I have to knock up and get impregnated to get them off the show? Yeah, and speaking of which, now that Ali Sweeney's off of the show, who's going to write the script? Just saying. Ali Sweeney could probably do a much better job of sending John O'Marlena off than Nina Higley. Just saying. Just saying. But they deserve so much better than what we were given. So much better. They had to endure John and Kate. They had to endure Marlena being a Salem serial killer. They had to endure Marlena. Oh, my God. I have a headache, ladies and gentlemen. I have a headache. Just thinking about it. Headache. <sighs> what else can I possibly say about this show? It's an utter train wreck. And I must say, and I have to be honest, if Days of Our Lives wasn't in the funk that it's in right now, what would we have to talk about? I mean, seriously, I want you to think about this. If Days is not the crap that it is, and what happened behind the scenes within the past year, what would we have to talk about? I mean, we pretty much sat here verbatim all night when all the news was breaking out about how Days fired all the right. All the writers. They fired all the writers. And it's, it's still getting attention. It's still being watched. Why are you watching this crap? Why are you putting out time and effort to watch this rubbish that is Days of Our Lives right now? What year do I, do I think Days died? That's a good question. That's a very good question. I don't know what year Days of Our Lives died, in my own opinion. I think it officially died after the Possession storyline. Yes, I agree. I, it died after the Possession storyline. It really did. But it's a god-awful mess. You just, fans cannot see that. They're, I mean, you, you are supportive of Days. I will give you that. You are supportive of Days but you're supportive of it in the wrong way. I think this is a time where you don't need to watch Days so they can get the hint. You don't want John and Marlena gone. You watched on its last day. Good. Now don't watch after that. And now with the news that K.O. Penglis has been fired? Uh-uh. K.O. is a good actor. He deserves better than Days. He does. I can imagine him being on another soap. I really do. He just he could end up a YNR. Absolutely. 
Tanner, you should go to Y&R. It's the best soap that's going on the air right now. One of the best. I can imagine you on Y&R right now acting opposite, opposite Eric Braden. You can give Eric Braden a run for his money. Okay, the only good thing that you got going on right now is Nicole. Ariane Zucker is the best thing that you got. You better use her to the best of her abilities. And if you can her, I seriously be going on another bit about you guys. Because then that'll be the second, if not the tenth millionth stupidest thing that you have ever done. Let's take this caller. I believe this is Jamie on the line. Honey, my wife. How are you? I'm five, I guess. (laughs) You were very hesitant. You were very hesitant with that answer. (laughs) Oh, my God. What's going on? I'm just just listening to you, and I'm just sitting here going, what the hell? (laughs) I I don't. All right. You, you come on, come on. Right. You can say it. You can say it. Like, what? Like what? Crap are they doing on Days for Our Lives? First of all. <laughs> First of all, I mean, okay, yeah. John and Marlena going was one thing and everything like that. And um, first of all, I do agree. The show died after they did that. Prim- um, the the demonic Marlene is all possessed by. Demons and you know John the priest at the time was. Oh my God, John the priest. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I forgot about that. (laughs) Are you shitting me? What are you doing? But ever since then, it's gotten worse. So I mean, what? So what was the last thing before John? uh, This one, he was a robot. Yeah, I had no memory. His, his memories were erased on this little disc that Stefano suddenly had. And it, it, I don't, I don't know. I, it, the whole industry is is kind of like really sad right now. And Days of Our Lives um, is definitely on the chopping block. And it, it, it kind of all this industry crap that's been going on since last year. The writers, J. Kenneth Johnson, they fired Teo. Again? Again. Why does he keep coming back? It's like you said, the economy. We need the money. We need the money. I I was actually talking to Joanne right before the show starts. Right now, it's all about the money. I agree with her. It's all about the money. It is all about the money. You know, you feel like, well, I have no choice. Yeah, I I need the work. Need the work. Gotta stay afloat. I'm still flabbergasted over Susan. I mean, God, she comes off as this most humble person. I guess that's just, you know, the the sheep wolf's clothing or wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, Money is the root of all evil. It's going to bring up the worst in a lot of people. I mean, really. It does, does, apparently. Um, I mean, because I... Wasn't it in just in Soap Opera Weekly? And she's all like, well, you know, if I have to take a pay cut, I'll take a pay cut. And, I'll, you know, I'll be okay with it because everybody's got to do it because we have to, you know, do what's right for the economy and blah, 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 blah. 
but mm-hmm. she wants to fire, get someone else fired. Mm-hmm. I, I just found on. out, too, that her and Julia Barr never got along behind the scenes. Really? Yeah. She, I guess there is a lot of cat Susan Lucci, Susan Lucci is one of those people that if she doesn't like you, she will tell you. I mean, hello, mm-hmm. Susan and mm-hmm. Sarah Michelle Geller, anyone? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, she's old. She did not like Sarah. No. It just made it worse when Sarah won that Emmy after won, being won on the, the show Emmy. for two years. For a year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not, you wonder why Sarah decided to leave. Mm-hmm. And look you know. where Sarah is now. Uh-huh. Little, little, um, little behind-the-scenes trivia. Did you know that Susan did not want the character of Kendall to come back? Seriously? Mm-hmm. It was when Alicia Minshew did her TV Guide article, um, TV Guide interview, excuse me. Uh-huh. Alicia Minshew did a TV Guide article when she first was brought on to play the role of Kendall, and yeah. that's where she stated in the TV Guide article about Susan and Sarah. Well, it turns out that Susan did not want the character of Kendall to return in 2001 at all. Wow. It wasn't until she, until she liked Alicia Minshew, she accepted the character of Kendall and loves Lish and the character of Kendall. Why do you think Kendall and Erica get along now? <laughs> I'm dead serious. I and believe it, you. That is terrible. Okay, Susan Lucy's just, wow, that just really puts into perspective. It talks about a diva. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you know, yeah, I know you are the center of all my children, but you know what, honey? You can be replaced just like anybody else. <laughs> that has well been proven. <laughs> that has you know? been proven in this daytime economy. You can be yeah. replaced. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you better not think you're hot stuff. The next thing you know, Erica's going to be on a one-way ticket out of there. I mean, you know, they got they got rid of Martha Byrne, who was the epitome of actual turns. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just no, saying. I, I, hey, wait, they got rid of Martha, they got rid of Scott. Um, hey, they got rid of Theo on this. That's true. That's true. You know, your your your, your job is dispensable. You can you can definitely go away. That's the beauty, <laughs> so, place, exactly. Now yeah. I know I know everybody wants to hear about the soap cruise dish. I was starting some of it and I know a lot of them wanted to continue because I had a lot of blind items. Nelson had a lot of blind items too from the boat. And this this just stuck out in my mind. Everyone uh-huh. wanted to know how the cruise was. I told them I had a good time hanging out with everybody. Everybody knew who I was as far as the stars were concerned. They all knew me. And so I had a good time for that, of course. Now let's get to the part of the events. How redundant can we get? Uh-oh. I like meet and greets as much as the next one. Mm-hmm. But meet and greets started getting tiresome. How how many meet and greets can you have to basically see everybody? I mean, I'm a pick whore. I mean, obviously you saw my pictures. I am a picture whore, but my God, <laughs> Jeez. How many did they have? 
How many? About four or five. Four or five. Four or five yeah. meet and greets? Yeah. Who needs that many meet and greets? See, see, uh, see, this is why I shouldn't have rants often. It just makes my heart burn. <laughs> it really does. It it really gives me heartburn, but you know what? It's so much fun. But anyway, <laughs> with the same people. Oh my god! Oh, no, I told Bob Giddy, I'm anticipating the Rock the Soap event in March. I really am. I really am anticipating the March cruise. There's just so many events to do in so much time. Like everybody is doing something. Right. That's what I love about this March cruise. Everybody is doing something. And everybody, I know you want a nuke event. I haven't heard anything about a nuke event yet. Yet. But we may get one. Yeah, that would be cool. But speaking of how the world turns, I wanted you to talk about the Michael thing. What was, you know? The Michael Park thing? Yeah. About why I was upset? Yeah. Um, let's just say you have to read Nelson Broncos' As the World Turns article. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll check that out. Just read the just read his column. It, it it'll um it'll shed some light on the subject. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say about. It. That's my blind item. That's my blind. That, item. Gotcha. So read Nelson Broncos' latest subs report. It'll explain. It'll it'll sort of open your eyes a little bit. But the last day of this cruise, mm-hmm. last day of this cruise, how utterly unprofessional can one get? You're going to go up on stage and you're going to talk trash about Rock the Soap. You're not affiliated with them, yes, but you're going to talk trash about this other cruise. You're going to tell people not to go and just go on your own. I understand that's the nature serious? of the business, but yes, I'm dead serious. They're going to go upstage. The guy who put this cruise together goes up on stage. Mike, I know you get your shit done, but you did not have to go out like that. Come on. You could have done a little bit better. But Oh, wow. That's kind of tacky. You're going to go up on stage and just basically just talk smack about this cruise. They don't do well in West Coast events. This is not going to be the shit that it is. And that don't expect all these people that's on the Rock of Soap to be going. Mm-hmm. Rock of Soap got more publicity than you did. I mean, it's advertised on SoapNet. It's advertised in magazines. It's advertised everywhere online. Yep. And like Barbara just said in the chat room, how can you bash something that hasn't happened yet? You can't. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, that's just as lame as bashing something that you hadn't seen for yourself. It's like, how do you do that? It doesn't make any sense, and it's very unprofessional. All right, we got two callers on the line. Joanne was first, and I know Tom is here, so Tom, we're going to get to you right after Joanne. Let's bring Joanne on the line right now. How are you, dear? Hey. You sound better. Hi. So you sound fine on the radio. You don't sound like you got a little snot up your nose. A little bit. Yeah, you sound fine. 
Okay, good. No, you sound fine. You I was like worried fine. about that. Just a little bit. No, no, you sound all right. Um, back to what, what you were saying, saying about this dude bashing the crews. Yeah. Um, Barb is absolutely right. You just can't bear something that didn't happen. Um, and I don't know Michael Gold. I don't know about his crews or why or whatever his motives were for putting it on. But I said to Nivelle at an earlier conversation, it's all about the bottom dollar with him. He could give a rat's ass if any of those soap actors ever act again, if mm-hmm. any of them go on another cruise again, because the next pretty face that comes along that's in daytime and he feels he can secure him to make some money on a cruise ship, that's who he'll end up getting. That's why Cameron Matheson was being, um, uh, that's why Cameron Matheson, I believe, in my opinion, was the headliner originally, because at the time he was on Dancing with the Stars, he was a popular, you know, gorgeous face, and he was probably put there to sell tickets. And I'm sure, no doubtly, he did. But you know what? Dancing with the Stars is over, and uh, yeah. it's time to move on. And from what I understand um, from various people, this guy made enemies of quite a few people, you know, by bashing yeah. not just Bob Guinea's crews. And let me elaborate on that real quick. Okay. I shouldn't even have said it like that because it's not Bob Guinea's cruise. And I want everybody right. to understand that. Right. Bob right. Guinea right. is not funding. He's not no. throwing. It has absolutely nothing to do yeah. with him no. other than the fact that he is the host. That's it. Right. Sweet, right. lovable Bob Guinea is the host. That's it. It's being sponsored by SoapNet. It's being run by ABC. This is their extension of Soap Nation, which is taking the place of Super Soap Weekend. So it has nothing to do with Bob because I really hear a lot of people talking about Bob, and I'm really, really starting to get pissed it's off about really, it. It's really, really wrong. Because Bob is like one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in your life. And you know what? Honestly, I, I think I would smack somebody for talking about him. I haven't Absolutely. smacked somebody physically since I was in high school, but I'll smack somebody <laughs> talking about Bob because I'm really getting tired of it. It ain't his damn cruise. He's a host, and That's he's trying exactly to make it work for all the fans. Of course he has a vested interest in it. His wife is in daytime. Yeah. She may not be on yeah. all my children anymore, but you know what? All those people that are going on that cruise are his friends. So, of course, yeah. he has something vested. He wants to make sure his friends have jobs. Right. You know? 20 of his friends. I mean, come on. And then not even just that. After all these years of Bob hosting Super Soap Weekend, he's become somewhat of a little soap icon himself. Yeah. It's like where you see soaps, you associate Bob Guinea with it. Not just because of Rebecca, but because of him, not not for any other reason. If anybody's been to Super Soap Weekend, they know Bob does the hosting. He does all these shows, and he's very charismatic and funny, and he's gracious with the fans. So he, um, <laughs> Barb said, it's my cruise, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I so, like it. Well, you know, I like it a lot. <laughs> seriously. I like it a lot, Barb. But, oh, yeah. um you know, it, it, it's just like, leave Bob alone for crying out loud because I swear to God, I'll have to bitch slap somebody next one that says something bad about my Bob. Simple as that. I mean, these are his friends. He he definitely connected with fans, you know, soap fans, and he wanted oh, yeah. to make sure. He was devastated when they canceled Super Soap Weekend. He was, you know, and he just seriously wants 
to make sure that, I mean, make sure that everyone has what they want. Get their meet and greets with their fans. But he's not just doing meet and greets. Every last person on that cruise is doing something. I mean, everybody is doing something. There's not one person on that cruise that is not going to be doing something. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's, so that's it, it's true. just like, seriously. It's like more to the story, too, with that whole thing. Like, I told Joanna in a side conversation, you, I said that the stars were there when he said this on stage. I'm like, mm-hmm. and Bradford was, like, standing up there. I was like, oh, my God, say something. Yeah. Say something. And, and say he something. didn't say anything? No one did. Well, you know what? Seriously, what are they going to say? They're, I guarantee you they're being paid to be there. They're not oh, going to yeah. say anything. What are they going to say? I mean, the only thing they can do is talk about it um, after the fact, you know, amongst each other. They're not going to so-called bite the hand that feeds you, you know what I mean? They're not going to do that. You know, Bradford is way too nice of a guy to sit there and say, hey, stop talking about blah, blah, blah. He ain't going to do that. He's not. Um, And you have somebody, Dawn, in the chat room. She's saying, when I asked for interviews, why did they tell me I have to do Q and A's instead of phone interviews. What is what does that mean? Well, With people um, from the cruise. Yeah, she meant from the cruise because um, Dawn actually works for um, she works for Soaptown USA, and uh-huh. they do they do print and then audio. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch had um, sent me an email in regards to that that um, they prefer when it's like a print website, they prefer it to be in print. Whereas oh, okay. with us, since we do we have the podcast. That's why we have the audio. It, it, it's basically that's what it boils down to. Right. So. They did that with us at Super Soap Weekend. That's at, you know you, truthfully that's how they had everybody broken up. The print um, press was stationed at a different location on the red carpet where the right. audio people were stationed at, and other people. The audio people were assigned. Um, handlers, if you will. We had Disney people, so we had our own escorts for the duration of uh, the the weekends. So we had somebody that took us from place to place because you need someone, um, when you're doing audio, you, you need someone there to make sure, like I guess you're not, you know, coaxing somebody to say something or whatever. They want to make sure that you're doing the right thing, whereas in print, you know, they just let them go with their own free will. I mean, I don't understand why they did that because I think you could do the same in both print and audio, you know, make somebody say something they don't want to say or whatever, but uh, so yeah, they did that to us too at Super Soap. Oh, okay. They had everything separated. Hopefully, Dawn, that helped you um, in that, so. I think that's just a ABC thing. Mm. Probably. Okay. So, but as far as the cruise, if nobody booked yet that's in this chat room, and you can afford to go, or tax season's here, you know, whatever, you should go. I can't wait till this cruise. Rockthesoap.com, yeah, you need to check it out. There's rooms available. There are cabins available. And if there are people that you know that are going on this, have them sit at the dinner table with you. I was smart and put, I'm at the Van Hansen's board. <laughs> put me at their table. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, check it out, Rockthesoap.com. You know, Bonnie Hunt is doing a sweet Oh, thing. yes, yes, BonnieHunt.com. Yes, Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I found out last night, go to bonniehunt.com, like Barbara's mm-hmm. putting in the chat room right now. She's doing a, a sweepstakes for that. So send the video. You never know. Get a you, nice you, you free can win the VIP. Contest. Yeah. I mean, for free, yeah. man. I, I'm all for freeness. <laughs> I'm yeah. all for freeness. Yeah. <laughs> if it's free, it's for me. 
That's you know? Exactly right. <laughs> exactly. I'm serious. And this will be the first time, actually, that I'll be meeting Nivelle. Yes. On this cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're going also? Yeah. I'll be oh, there. wonderful. Wonderful. There's a lot of people I'm going to be meeting for the first time. I don't know what I'm in for. Hopefully, <laughs> I'll be surprised. <laughs> you know what? I, this is what I'm saying. I don't see how anybody could go wrong. This is the deal from what I know and I understand. When we get there, the 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 initial night is going to be um, a party where, yes, Barb, too, this will be the, you know what, wait a minute, yes, Barb, this will be the first time I'm actually meeting Barb, but you know what, we actually were standing next to each other no, at the Barbara. Super Soap Weekend um, VIP um, Street Jam, and we didn't know. Oh, God, that's so until funny. After the fact, <laughs> until after, we didn't know, we were standing right next to each other, I had no idea until after funny. the fact. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it'll be cool. But um, the first night of the cruise is a, is a party DJed by Aiden Turner with an open bar. Okay, so you're not being, you know, shushed in and say, hey, you know, go over there, go over here, go over there. It's a a true DJ party by Aiden Turner. So I can't see anything wrong with that. Okay. Oh, DJ party, yeah. And it's it's an open bar. Yeah. Okay. So then on Saturday, there's going to be all kinds of events. You've got Torsten Kay's um, unveiling of his book. Um, okay. uh, you're going to have karaoke with Rebecca Buttig. Uh, uh, Michael Knight is going to be doing casting call. There is so much stuff going on. And there is a beach party on Saturday in Mexico. So when you get off the ship at Mex- in Mexico, you're getting off the ship with everyone, and you're going to a beach party with every star that's there. Right. And it's free drinks. So, hello, how the hell can you go wrong with that? You're going to see Brandon no. Barrage there with no fucking no. shirt on. Come on now. That's, that's not incentive enough to go. Hello. <laughs> um, you know, not to mention all the other hot guys. You got... Um, Dan and Jake. You got everybody. Jay Jake Silverman, Dan, Dan Hansen, yeah. Aiden Turner, Jason Thompson. Yeah. You know, you got all those people. Greg McCart. Yep. And you know what? In the chat room, you can say Michael Knight's overrated, but you know what? He's such a fan favorite and he's such a sweetheart. I can't oh, wait to see him again. He's awesome guy. I can't wait to see him. He is. He's so sweet. He's fabulous. Yeah, I know I Michael, him. and I think he looks, uh, been with him in person oh, okay. many times. And he's okay. sad. And you know what? Yeah. He said that, um, and, and Torsten K. Hello? Yes, I'm sorry, Barb. Yes. I forgot. Look at, look at her in the chat room. No, no. And said that she can't <laughs> afford it. Well, I, I found out a little bit about that. Um, if you mention that you are the press, they, they'll try to work out a deal with you where you can't afford it. So just go yeah. ahead and try it and call them up. They'll be able to give you a good rate because Nelson was giving them good rates as well. So just just try see what they can come up with. Just mention that you are part of the press. They'll be able to make a deal for you. They made a deal for me, so I'm just offering this. Yeah. So I mean, and and you know what though? Seriously, if if you can't afford to go this year, Bob did say that there definitely will be one next just year. And oh, okay. So just start saving your money, you know. I mean, there will definitely be another one. Just look forward to that. I mean, who knows? It might be longer than three days or four days. Who knows? But, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But uh, So we're having um, so the beach party with free drinks on Saturday, and Sunday is another whole day of events, you know, with uh, free drinks and at the night party. I, God, Kelly Monaco is doing her, a sneak peek of her peep show that she's doing out in Vegas with Mel B. Um, Kelly, wow. um, uh, Kimberly McCullough is going to be dancing. 
Um, let's see. Uh, gosh, I, there was so much stuff going on. I'm not sure what's going on with the Nuke fans. And as far as I know, that there was supposed to be a Scrubs fan, but I don't know that they booked enough um, Scrubs fans to substantiate renting another room just for them. Because seriously, oh. they, you know what? The Scrubs fans are, you know, there, but they're um, right. They're just whatever. They 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 want what they want when they want it, and they want everything for free. And you can't have it that way. You have to be able to. Um, no, it's not a strip act. It's a it's a strip tease show, like a burlesque show. It's not full nudity or anything like that. But it's called Peep Show. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's called Peep Show. But uh, uh, they'll be closed. So. You know, and, so there, and, and then Bob Jimmy's band is playing. And from what I understand, yeah, there's no confirmed Scrub fan yet because, uh, yeah, that's what I said. Oh, so it's um, not confirmed. Okay. No, it's not confirmed. No, 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 no. Because there was not enough Scrub fans that were willing to book the cruise. There was a lot of conflicting information, and um, I actually had them on my show, and we were trying to get uh, many more of them to book, you know, to secure right. a Scrub event. And you know what? There was just a lot of people bitching and moaning is what it was. So I don't know what okay. that's going to happen. But in, in any event, it's not like um, it's not like uh, it, it, you're not going to have access to everyone anyway. There's like no, you know, velvet ropes. It's, it's like that. Um, uh, you know what? Don't talk about Bob Guinea like that. that is not I nice. think he's doing that on purpose. Don't pay attention. I hope man. not, seriously, because Bob is so nice. Oh, wait. gosh. No, You're no, no, no. That on purpose. I hope doing so. Doing that on purpose. I hope so. All right, go ahead. I know you've got other people on the phone. Um, uh, Tom is waiting for you. So I said what I had to say, and you know what? All of you, <laughs> on Bob, okay? Leave him alone. We love you to the radio show. Ahead. Huh? See you, on the See you on the cruise. Absolutely, darling. Absolutely. Oh, hey, Navelle, quickly, can I pimp something real quick? Pimp away. Next week, um, the 2nd and 3rd, on the 2nd, I'm having Kevin Covey, American Idol Kevin Covey. Oh. Oh. He's coming on the show on the 2nd hmm. at 10 o'clock. And someone you've had on your show, Navelle, Sandra D. Robinson. Oh, May 1st. Oh, that's yeah. going to be fun. Okay. And then also um, on February 9th from uh, a former Days actress, uh, Gloria Waring. Ah, Alan Thicke's former wife. I know. Yes, oh, yes, Robin yeah. Thicke's mom. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so she's coming on February 9th. And Tanya Walker is coming on February 12th. Oh, she's awesome. I love her. Yeah, so I know you got days. You have more days fans than I deal with because, you know, I'm not, I never really watch it, but that's why I wanted to get the day stuff out there. So, um, uh, Gloria Waring especially. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, so definitely make sure you come around for that. All right, go get your other peoples, and uh, I'll be chatting with you later. And go enter the contest at bonniehunt.com. Absolutely. All right. Night, guys. All right, Tom. I know you've been waiting patiently. I got you. How are you? Tom, you still there? I'm still here. Hey, Navelle. How you doing? Good. How about yourself? (laughs) Doing all right. 
you, uh, and Jamie knows this certainly, but uh, you know me as an As the World Turns Luke and Noah fan. But uh, as far as Days of Our Lives, uh, I started watching that with my grandmother in the 70s. So when I started watching Days, the super couple were Doug and Julie. And I remember when Bo met Hope and before Marlena uh, knew Roman. So uh, I have a very long history on that show. That was uh, probably my first. And I can completely understand why this show is in such a mess right now. And it doesn't surprise... Anything that's happening these days doesn't surprise me at all. And they haven't had an original storyline in years. I mean, how many times do we have to see just, like, every guy in town fall at Sammy's feet? Oh, God. I think she has, what, two of them going after her now, if you don't count Lucas and EJ? The uh, the guys yeah, on the Yeah, Rafe and... <laughs> and it just... Uh, there we go. There you go, right there. I uh-huh. have no words. <laughs> also, they... And, and Allison Sweeney's great. I mean, I'm, I've yeah. been a big fan of hers for a long time, but she must just be bored out of her mind just doing the same scenes over and over again. Over and over and over again. I mean, we talk about Paul and Meg on As the World Turns, but please, <clears> like, Sammy is the same old thing. And... Then they talk about, in the industry, the uh, how everything is a big money crunch, like all this stuff at, um, at ABC with the pay cuts. But look mm. at Days of Our Lives. They're trying to boost the ratings by um, signing, bringing in um, John and Marlena, and then they've got uh, Steve and Kayla and uh, Tony and Anna and Bo and Hope. You've got all of these actors who've been in the industry for 25 30 years, mm. they have to be making ridiculously high salaries. Absolutely. And, and then they're not playing them. I mean, the Stephen Kayla fans scream that they have no storyline, and they're just sort of propping up other characters. Tony and Anna, they brought the, both of them back, made a big deal of it, and oh, yeah. some lame yeah. little dance-around story, then got them married off-screen, and they disappeared. Now, how much and now they saw your tail. Yeah, and why not? It's like they they brought him back. They said, okay, now we're going to do some kind of a dynamic with Stefano and try to recapture what they were doing 15 years ago. And then they never played it. What did Tony do after that advertising company storyline? He, he showed up at Christmas. If you're the producers, if you're um, Sony or if you're NBC, why are you paying big money to Teo Fengless for... The work that he's doing, it's its not his fault, but they're not playing him. And the storyline just isn't going anywhere. So they're absurdly high on, um, this, as far as, absurdly high on salaries. So I can see how they must just be completely drowning over there. So what would you do to fix days if, by God, that show can be fixed? That that's a huge if, but well, uh, first of all, I think that just uh, you see the same kind of thing with as the world turns, and the only other show I watch on a regular basis for years was General Hospital, so I can't really talk intelligently about any soap beyond that, except things in the seventies that are long gone. But yeah, it seems like with the salaries, they can't afford to have these people who are on for twenty five, thirty years who've been getting these mm-hmm. incremental pay raises. 
In this new structure, it seems like if you're on a slope for 10 years now, you are going to hit a salary ceiling. And the actor's going to have to decide if they want to work the rest of their career at this salary figure or move on to something else. I mean, isn't that what happened with Martha Byrne? Really, more than anything else, money? So it seems that if I was Days of Our Lives, I'd say, yeah, but financially, you're not going to be able to keep all these characters, and people would scream at me, but I'd say that they I, they should let Mary Beth Evans and uh, and um, and uh, Stephen Nichols Stephen go. Nichols. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not going to play the character, then don't pay the actor. <clears throat> so it needs to revolve around folks in general, I think, need to revolve around characters who are in their, you know, late 20s to, uh, you know, mid-20s to mid-30s. And, you know, but actors. let's kind of give it over to the new generation. And you know, uh, per- the perfect example on days, I mean, talk, uh, you talk about Sammy. Now, here's a character that they've never known how to write for, and that's Eric. Yeah. Eric's oh, yeah. Yeah. He hasn't been on that show since Jensen Ackles left. Yeah. And when he was there, they gave him no decent story. So instead of having Eric, you bring in Nick. I mean, Blake Barris was a real sort of a, he was a very interesting actor and a real breath of fresh air. I mean, sort of like Bradford Anderson. You've got some guy who is like not at all the stereotypical um, mm-hmm. soap actor, good looking, oh my God, he's gorgeous kind of actor. I mean, they're both kind of the quirky, geeky characters, but there was something about him that was interesting. And they brought him in in some connection. I guess he was Jessica's son, Marie's uh, sister, Marie the nun's grandson. Right, and, right. And then they forgot about the family dynamic, and you just you never saw him really tied to the family. And then they randomly turned him into some kind of, I guess he's a a murderer, right? He murdered uh, right. the other guy's yeah. father. I gave uh-huh. up before that happened. But it seems like you have to create these core characters of, around the younger actors. And, yeah, there'll be some older actors on there, and maybe it'll only be like Bo and Hope and um, people like Abe and Lexi that, you know, these actors, I think they know that they're on recurring and they, um, they're not going to be getting superstar salaries. And then you get a matriarch. I mean, obviously Alice is uh, not in the picture. Maggie seems to be the character that would is fitting that role now. And you've got those matriarch patriarch characters who show up at Christmas and walk right. in every month and right. give advice. And sadly, I think that's pretty much the way the industry needs to to go if they're going to be able to make a profit because they're you know, all drowning that's... right now. I wonder about some of, like, the, the veterans that we're talking about. Like, and when you go into the really, really veterans, like Alice and Nancy, uh, you know, these ones, uh, Ruth and Joe won all my children, the ones who have been on for 40-some years. And you think, okay, well, they're not really writing for them, but they're there, so that's a paycheck. That's going out every every two weeks or whatever, how they get paid. So that's money that they could be using, you know, for the budget or for whatever reason, yet they've got these people on there and they're not using them. 
Well, I'm not These sure are the how older you, characters. I mean, how does you that know? work? I mean, I would guess that, you know, they say, for instance, that Frances Reed is on contract, but she hasn't been on since a year ago, uh, the 4th of July. Since Christmas. They, oh, well, since 4th of July. Yeah, there was and some rumor, but it was 4th of July 07, not 08. Yeah. And I don't know what the story was at Christmas. They said that she was willing to work, but they didn't want to pay her. So they threw in a line about, oh, Alice, too bad she's sick and she's upstairs with, you know, some other character we weren't willing to pay is up there sitting at her bedside. Well, like they never use Helen. No, she shows up once in a while. But at that age, you you wonder maybe really is it a case where the actress can't handle it physically. Right. And, And that's my point. Then, you know, why are you holding on to them and paying them this paycheck? Well, I think part put them of on is, recurring, or put them on recurring or something, but, but make it so that with your budget, you're not firing people who could be used. I don't know. There has to be a happy medium somewhere. Yeah. Well, I think unfortunately you're going to see more of the cuts. I mean, I think that with David Canary, I know a little bit about him, and, and of course I'm old enough. I remember him from Bonanza, but. It seems like they don't know where to take his characters, and they're afraid to center a storyline around him. Is that uh, I'm not sure how old he is now. He must be in his uh, early seventies. Seventies? Yeah, so. I think so. I think so. Yeah. So it's it's getting to the point where they can't put him in romantic storylines. So the character almost by default ends up being uh, pushed to the sidelines. And right. then you and then you've got a sideline supporting backup character making a monstrous salary. Mm-hmm. And so if I, I tend to think these rumors are true and he probably will be let go. And you know, yeah, there could be all this speculation saying, Oh, it's because Susan Lucci is a prima donna and she hates him and maybe behind the scenes she wants him to go because he makes such a big salary that it will leave money available to um, to keep her salary higher. There'll be more money in the pot to spread around. But I think that what it really comes down to, it'll be it's the money issue, not you know this actor doesn't like that actor. I mean, I don't know that I even buy that day's story about um, about the producer not liking uh, Dee and Drake. I think it was more about the network and the production um, executive producers just not wanting to center money around actors, and they made too much money. And when you've got to cut the budget, and there w- was their new contract, they got like 40% or something of what of their license fee of what they had the last time they got renewed. 40%? So, yeah, they, their running budget. Is, um, don't hold me to that number, but it was some absurdly low number compared to what they were making. Wow. That's why, wow. That's why they got booted out of their studio. Is that um, NBC is in such a disaster over there that they uh, that they're selling the studio. So now they're going to have to rent space over at uh, is it Sony or Universal or something. Well, NBC just seems to have the worst luck with soaps. Yeah. And, I mean, after they say they canceled Another World, then what? Sunset Beach and Passions lasted. Well, Passions was a disaster. Sunset Beach lasted three years. Passions 
lasted how many ever years and was shipped off to DirecTV and didn't last there. And yeah. Dave has been on this up and downhill. Hmm. And well, and don't forget, probably oh, the okay. best of that bunch after uh, Another World would probably be Santa yes. Barbara. Yes, but it's Santa they, Barbara. It, in, but that's part of it is that, uh, like you were talking earlier about Guiding Light, is that you know both Santa Barbara and Guiding Light were failed by the juggernaut of um, yeah. General Hospital in the 1980s, is that nobody was watching the 3 o'clock soap unless they were watching General Hospital. General Hospital. So, I mean, here in um, in Boston, uh, Guiding Light hasn't been on at 3 p.m. since, uh, I would guess, probably like 1980 or 81. And, yeah, it, it hasn't been on at 3 o'clock here since at least 10 years ago, at and, least, and it's, it's not more. It's, and who can find it? It's been on at 10 in the morning. Yeah, we, it's been... It, Bounces between nine and ten in the morning here. I think it's on at nine now, but uh, it just—that's not an hour when people watch soaps. No. And that's why, Navelle, you're you're absolutely right. I would be absolutely shocked if Guiding Light is on the air a year from now. I just I don't see how it survives at all. Yeah. And even this. What was this thing that they put out a couple of weeks ago saying they will let it? stay on the air if it gets a 1.8 rating? If it's very consistent with the rating, if they are consistently at a 1.8 rating, by April 2009, they will renew. But they if haven't they have, gotten above a 1.6 in about a year yeah, and a half. They've been at 1.6 forever now. So they've set a goal. That's, it's, it's like telling a professional baseball player, if you start hitting 340, we'll give you a new contract. And the guy's never hit above 310 in his life. What makes you think he's going to suddenly start hitting 340 now? Exactly. What makes you think guiding light is going to... How can they get to a 1.8 without, like, the stunt? Well, they can't even get past the 1.6. Exactly. And I don't know what they really think Grant Alexander is going to do. Because, like someone said earlier, it wasn't high in the ratings when Grant was there. And also, it's that when he was there, I mean, I... You know, I hate to say you know say this about him because I suspect that he's probably younger than I am, but uh, you know they think if they bring him back, it's going to be like 15 years ago when he was the sex symbol. But he's in his late 40s now, or I would guess somewhere in that range. It's like right. to think he's the Heather Locklear of you know soaps or something. You know, Heather yeah. has this track record of saving shows. They think, ooh, Grant Alexander, we'll bring him back. No, it's yeah, going to be the same as when they brought back um, um, Craig on um, mm-hmm. on As the World Turns. And, you know, yeah. Jamie, I'm sorry I'm blocking the guy that got fired last year. Scott. Uh, Scott, Bryce. Scott Bryce. And it's the same thing is that, you know, Scott Bryce isn't 24 anymore. So right. they, um, they try to play something. I mean, that's going back to uh, Teo and Leanne Hunley. Is, as uh, you know, Tony and Anna, is that they're replaying a romance that worked when the characters were thirty, and now they're same with Patch and Kayla. Yeah, they're just trying yeah. to play it again. With Patch and Kayla, I saw the chemistry came back, but with the others, I didn't. They just seemed to be like old friends at a high school reunion. It just was awkward. Right. So, it seems that um, 
that that method is what Guiding Light is doing to try to save itself is stunt casting by paying big money to somebody that was popular 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what is collapsing days. Besides, they're just trying to make up for this. They, they let him go. They're, they're the ones that let him go, what, two years ago? Yeah, something it, it is, I think it was longer than that. So but, it's like, okay, well, I, we, we're going to bring Grant back. We shouldn't have let him go. Well, uh, well somebody on the website is that. saying that uh, he's 50. I'm not sure if they're talking about Scott Bryce or, uh, or the other guy. But uh, it's the same, sort of the same principle. And, yeah. You know, unfortunately, I think that you're going to see the future of the industry is that soaps are going to be centered on younger characters, and most of the actors are going to sort of top out and move on out of the industry after they've been in it for about 10 or 15 years. And maybe that's what they need to do. That's what I was just about to ask you, but don't you think that's what they need to do? Well, I see that, you know, we're talking... generations a little bit. Like, we talk about uh, the popularity of the characters on uh, As the World Turns, and the characters Uh that are getting people's attention are, you know, Allison and Casey, and, of course, Luke and Noah, and and Jade. And Jade, and, and, yes. And writing it around the younger actors. And... The uh, you know they've got the Paul and Meg characters which are just being killed by an unrelentingly boring storyline in the yeah. bad writing and all of that, but it seems that maybe to be to remain relevant, soaps need to uh, go and start doing more things with younger characters and do more of a of a Degrassi type storylines of. Uh, but they should have them act with the older uh, veteran actors before yeah. branching them out by themselves, at least. Right. Well, you do that by tying them together. I mean, use some, um, like, for instance, I'll do a little uh, pimping out here myself, since everyone else is doing it, on um, <laughs> on the uh, podcast for, you know, VanHansis.net for the Luke and Noah podcast tomorrow. We're uh, doing a trivia contest, uh, giving a, uh, a free trip to the uh, luncheon in April to uh, one of the people who are uh, going to be in the contest. And by the way, we have three contestants and it's closed, so you can't uh, enter at this point. But mm-hmm. uh, I was one of the people writing the questions, so I was going back through the YouTube clips and mm-hmm. and compiling questions. And you see the Luke coming out story, and you see the scenes of Luke interacting with Holden and Luke interacting with uh, Lucinda. Now, you have yeah. Anne, who was 25 at the time, 26. 24. 24. 24 and, he, yeah. and he's acting face-to-face, one-on-one, in a scene with John Hensley, who's in his mid-40s, and right. then a scene yeah. with uh, Elizabeth Hubbard. I mean, uh, my in girlfriend, the amazing Elizabeth Hubbard. And yeah. uh, she was in seventies, and it the scenes are phenomenal because you've got father and son, and grandmother and grandson, and two superior actors face to face, and the scenes are breathtaking because they did good writing, quality actors, and you don't have to have all the characters be young. You can have the older characters too in the interaction, but you're right, absolutely right, Novella. 
you have to have interaction between the characters. And soaps, unfortunately, keep bringing in these sort of random third cousins. Random blank characters. Like, who are you? Right. Why, why, why should I care about you? You know, you're not tied to anybody. Right, exactly. Like so, when Derek first came around, and you know, all of, he was just the hoodlum that was working for James. You're like, why are we supposed to care? Yeah, why? Exactly. It, it didn't make any sense. And but now they've got a tie. He's tied to Rose. Uh, he's Jade's father. So okay, now you're yeah. getting somewhere. Yeah, but unfortunately, they also uh, soaps generally have this tendency to go into um, stunt killings. So they they, mm-hmm. they they kill off characters. So suddenly, um, like we all talk about um, the fact that General Hospital completely bungles the Lucas character. I mean, they yeah. he, he announced he was gay. He's in a core family, just like Luke, on, as the world turns. And then so they he, kill his father. They killed his father almost killed immediately. Father. And mm-hmm. Tony had been there forever. So you can't yeah. tell me that... Even though he was on recurring, you can't tell me that Brad Mall was making, a, you know, the same salary that Peter Reckle or David Canary is making. Right. Clearly, he right. was not. But they, um, they, t- they have this poor character. They had a good balance of younger characters with, uh, with Lucky and um, Elizabeth and all of these friends in the same age group, and they never played him and they marginalized him and they brought in a boyfriend that they never connected and then he was gone. And he was gone. Scott Dave Ashton didn't left. Yeah. They had they had the setup, they had the structure, and they completely bungled it. They just destroyed the opportunity. But that's the kind of thing that they have to do right. They right. Uh, there has to be a balance. And yeah, it can it, be there. You know, especially in what for what Astral Turns could do, I mean, Astral Turns is the perfect opportunity right now to kind of make a transition. I mean, you've got the, the, the Hughes, the Stewarts, the Snyders. They're all still there, thank God. I mean, all these other shows right. have families that kind of come in and out, but you've still got those three families there. You've got the younger generation of those three families, Luke, Allison, Casey. You, you know, they're there. Kind of let them be the storyline Exactly. Let them be the forefront. You can still have the older characters around because they can be the guides. They can be the voices of reason, you know, the mentors. But then, but then look at As the World Turns. Just yesterday, they uh, mentioned Adam. Now, yeah. Adam was a character who was viciously and monstrously destroyed, what, about mm-hmm. three, three years ago? Yeah, yeah, just a couple of years ago. And then they bring in, um, they're bringing back the uh, character of Matt, and everybody is pointing out the fact that the actor resembles the actor that used to play the part of uh, of, of, of Adam. Yeah, of, of Adam. So, you, in fact, some people were saying maybe he is Adam. So maybe they need to do one of those asinine. Oh, we told you he was dead, but we put his body right. in the casket and whisked him off to the oh. to the factory where the uh, hey, scientists could. brought him back to life, and suddenly. Uh, Eric shows up playing the part of Adam. And I would buy the asinine, uh, those asinine kind of, he wasn't really dead and there was really a, um, you know, there was really a supply of food in that casket and he lived down there for six months and now he's alive again. And then 
you just get past that garbage and have and put the character back on the canvas and go from there. But See, all they have to do with Adam is say that he, because he ran away. He didn't die. He ran away, and he could have gotten plastic surgery or some shit like that. And, well, and then who got go. buried in the woods? That's what that's what they're famous for. It's just like rewriting of history. There's a buried in, in the woods? He, he, Maddie and Gwen thought they had killed him. They thought they killed they him. Thought, yes. They thought they had killed him. They buried him alive. They had their whole little mysterious thing when they're like, oh, my God, someone's going to find out. But eventually he did come back. He tried to rape Gwen and, and um, Casey and uh, his other brother, Will. Casey and Will convinced Adam to go on the run. So that's the perfect example of sort of stunt plotting. For yeah. the sake of trying to get ratings during some rating period and destroying Pretty the long term characters. And Absolutely. that's what the soaps need to do is to to have complete respect for the long term characters and and you can keep the story revolving around the um the younger actors and go history. from uh, history. Respect history. Yeah. It's the, not that hard. The Luke and Noah story has certainly proven that if you have a character like Luke who's completely tied into the story, the fans will then accept a character like Noah coming in. Right. And then if they would expand that by not having completely butchered and destroyed Noah's family. Noah's could have, father or killed his and mother. His mother. Right they now. killed yeah. his mother. You could yeah. have um, integrated their, his parents in in support of, and now you have two families, and you grow it that way. Right. But instead, they just randomly kill people. I mean, Days of Our Lives does that constantly. So you've got all of these disjointed storylines. You've got these younger characters who you don't understand how they really even know each other. And older characters, uh, big money actors, not being played. So yeah. it's a mess. It's just it's not original. It's a mess. And I just I don't see how Days survives beyond that next contract. They, uh, I think that they're you know funny. We, we spent like the last hour and a half talking about these. Why haven't we talked about the young and restless and one life to live? That should tell you something. Not because I don't yeah. watch either one of them. <laughs> I do. But I understand what you're saying about that. That, that yeah. something. Yeah. That should like tell you something right there. Those two are doing something right. They are. And why aren't these other shows taking wind of what they're doing? You know, I mean, we could we could easily talk about all the shows we talked about for, like, ever. Mm-hmm. But with Young and the Restless and One Life to Live, they're doing everything correctly. What can we basically bust on that they're making mistakes of? Well, they certainly got in major trouble over the last year with the storyline of... Um, Redeeming the rapist and his victim. Oh, Todd, 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 and Marty. Uh, yeah, and oh, having. Yeah. And, and, and I, please, and I'm sorry. I do have to say, I do have to say that them doing that, them making the amnesiac, uh, you know, Marty, and then fall for Todd and whatever. I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't see the payoff being really much worth having to watch that. I and I didn't really like that they made poor Susan Haskell. God bless her for for playing the playing it like she did, but I did not like that they turned her into psycho. I'm like, why did you take this strong woman who survived her rape 
and became, you know, her own person and everything like that and put her and make her into this weak, I need to get revenge. I was not happy with that at all. Well, that's the perfect example of the idea of uh, sort of trying to gain attention by picking a controversial storyline and then Mm -hmm. cramming it in there and having characters go completely out of historical character in order to play the part. And you end up getting new fans who say the storyline is boring, and the older fans are outraged because you because have a character. Yeah. And then you've then you've got other fans who look at it and you say, women who get raped do not eventually fall in love with the man who raped them. I mean, it was a disaster when Days tried to justify that storyline. I mean, yeah. a year and well, a half. Well, General Hospital did it. I mean, infamous. Luke and Laura. Luke raped yeah. Laura. Then, and then look what with, happened. And then with when they brought back with Lulu, they tried to play this little game. They tried to play that history. off, yeah. And it yeah. didn't work. No. And then in Days of Our Lives did it that they, you know, they see the chemistry between EJ and Sammy, and they really... I know. They've admitted that they regret having done that. They wish if they could go back and uh, and redo that so that he didn't rape her. But then they actually had Sammy saying, well, he didn't really rape me. I was using him. So but that's what Laura said. Laura said, I didn't really see it as rape when she was talking about Luke. Yeah, and I remember when that happened. If you watch it originally, you can clearly see that it was. I, that's I was what I really hate about yeah. history rewrites. Yeah. Because yeah. neither one of those worked. And, I um, mean, no. come on, Sammy says that I really, in reality, I really raped EJ. Like what you? Yeah, and besides, wait, do you know what's really bad about the fact that they did it with Sammy? Sammy was a rape victim already. This yeah. was not the first time that Sammy was raped. Right, right. And so that's so just I, totally. I see that as a as a guy, I'm morally offended by that, yeah. and I, you know, I can't, I can never speak for what a woman would feel like there, but I can't believe that she would be more accepting than I am. I mean, I'm repulsed ah. by those storylines. And it just, in from what I can see, there's been general fan backlash. And I know that they're all, all the folks are out there trying to do the most outrageous story to gain yeah, the most uh, ratings. But mm-hmm. the, uh, they don't understand that these giant storylines like that just end up uh, alienating people. In those I just also wonder, and I wish I could probably find an AMC board and see what's going on, what people think about the fact that they undid Erica's abortion, first of all. <laughs> they undid it, and then they killed off the character anyway. Well, don't forget that, um, don't forget that uh, Chelsea on Days of Our Lives is the baby that died. Yeah, the miscarriage. Yeah. yeah. Just, so all of a sudden she just... She had a miscarriage, and the uh, the dead fetus was left in the swamp, and it somehow regenerated into a human being anyway, and came back alive. And now we've got a 50s sci-fi horror film here. It's like what it just. Well, this was the show that did demonic Marlena. So. Yeah. By the way, if I, if this, the, the Gemini twins. If this, well, I like that because because uh, Eric went to the Eric, I, I, they I, put I him understand. In a, they put him in a silver speedo and covered him with glitter. And sometimes for a gay man, that's all we need to see. Uh-huh. You know, 
we can, you know, we. I found out later he could act. I was already interested before I found out that Eric Winter could actually act. But uh, <laughs> if can, if I can um, just diverge the uh, conversation a bit, I just have to point out something that Nelson was mentioning is that um, something that we were talking about on the Luke and Noah boards when people were talking about um, Reese and um, Bianca on um, mm-hmm. as, on uh, all my children. Yes. And now, as I as I told Roger Newcomb and I were having a disagreement on this, is that I told them that that the storyline would never play out because the actors were just going to stay for a few months and leave. Mm-hmm. Now, sure enough, Eden Regal is leaving at the end of her contract. She is. And, yeah, she's leaving. Yes, she's leaving. I so, I see. I called that. I called it too. And now, yeah. in the Reese character is staying. So, yeah. Are you? Oh my God! So, what are they gonna do? Have her fall in love with Zach? Yeah, it's like so. Tomorrow, Braun is staying. So, does that mean that they're gonna bring in another stunt-casted lesbian girlfriend for her, or are they no. idiotically gonna decide that she's bisexual and, and hook her up with a guy? They're probably it's gonna go married. that route. Yeah, I mean, they've they, 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 they brought in all these hints, like she was married to a guy before, you know, she has this instant connection with Zach, and this and this, yeah. Well, they did that, they, they were fixing Bianca up with guys, too. So Yeah, but they, see, that was the thing, they, they just kind of, it's like, you guys brought this landmark character here, and all of a sudden, then you're going to have her raped, and then pregnant with child, and, and then the Zark thing, um... I don't think we really want to go there. And like, what are you doing? But so I mean, now I the, the GLAAD awards come out and they give nominations yeah. to all my children and as the world turns. Yeah. Now, yeah. a lot of us were screaming and yelling. I mean, there's, there's a reason why I wrote that petition that got, you know, that was part of the whole Luke and Noah campaign to, to right. allow them to kiss. But look back over the history and see... How days of should be how um, as the world turns has handled the Luke and Noah story, and then all my children is doing the story with Bianca and now her two successive girlfriends, and they've completely bungled it. They've not been dedicated to the storyline yeah. at all. Yeah. So yeah, as much as we complain about as right. the world turns, I can't imagine how all my children could get the GLAAD award over As the World Turns this year. Uh, they did in, the, what was it, 2007? 2000, I mean, they won for the Zarf story. How ridiculous was that? Yeah, I did. They won for the Zarf story. I mean, come on. It, it was like, and I, I agree with you. As the World Turns for all the griping that we do and everything like that, and I said this last week in the podcast, um, They've done at least the fact that we've had this ongoing story, ongoing story for almost two years now. And that the characters, you know? the, the yeah. characters of Luke and Noah, have completely yeah. respected every gay fan Absolutely. that is a fan of the genre. So guys like right. me that watch soaps for 30 years and said, I'm never going to see a character that resembles me on these shows. If you put a gay character on a soap, it's somebody like Hank on As the World Turns 10 years ago who's on the periphery or um, that effeminate little um, comedy character, uh, Elton, who was uh, Laura's assistant on General Hospital. 
Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what a gay character was on a soap forever. Yeah. So as bad as the Luke and Noah storyline, um, people can complain about how the long writing can be it. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, the story has been very, very respectful and to it's still the gay here. audience. And I don't think <clears> that uh, I would be I would be interested to hear how lesbians feel about the uh, All My Children characters as a representative of them as opposed to the gay men that I hear who are generally positive towards uh, Luke and Noah as a representative of them. It's um, It just seems that All My Children just keeps teasing with the storyline and then abandoning it. Which, yeah, that's what they've been doing for years. But that that doesn't say say much for their long term viability as a relevant soap. And I know I'm that only talking a, about the one storyline because that's the only one I know about. In, but that's why exactly when it first was announced that they were going to do it, I was screaming Glad of War. You, you yeah. knew it, you know, it was going to be time to get something in there for the Glad Award. And and that's I said when it. it when they started, I said that you know don't don't pay attention to this because yeah. they're going to chicken out. They're not going to follow through. Right. And yeah, you and I had a conversation about that. Exactly, and we were both right. Mm-hmm. Novell, have we just completely crowded you off of your own show? <laughs> no, you did not. It was good because my mom wound up coming in here and I had to help her on the computer. So uh, while you guys talking, it helped me pay attention to what she was doing. So that was good. <laughs> it was like perfect timing, so I had okay. no complaint. <laughs> okay, that's good to hear because I, I think the audience is probably thinking that Tom and Jamie are trying to work a spin-off here. No, I told them in the I told them in the room. I was like, my mom's gonna use the computer, so they're gonna keep talking. So I had to <laughs> step away. So it was good. We're <laughs> certainly capable of doing that. But yeah, yeah, definitely. And you got to do it again tomorrow. And yeah, yeah, we Tom. Yeah. Yeah. We're, well, tomorrow is our, our great uh, our trivia contest. Um, so if, yeah. if you're uh, Luke and Noah fans and you want to just take that little trip down memory lane and see see how much of these facts you can actually remember, and uh, oh yeah, there's a lot a fun of fun time. Yeah. Noon Eastern Y'all time, had a, nine a.m. Fun getting the questions together. So it's yeah, it was really challenging. Absolutely. <laughs> So I, I ended up writing quite a few questions using YouTube clips that now I sound incredibly intelligent because I know all the answers, and I don't know how many of them I actually would have been able to come up with if, if I had been asked them cold. So it I, be... I, I, I found that question is cold. I'm good. <laughs> you are good. So that <laughs> that should be a lot of fun. So uh, that's what we're up to for tomorrow. All right. I look forward to it, and thank you guys so much for like calling in and everything. This was like freaking fantastically fun. And of course, you know, I, I like venting sessions. So what can you do? Yeah, and it's it's awesome. good to sort of to sort of get it out there. And and what's interesting, I find that when I vent about these types of issues on soaps in general, is that people usually don't disagree with me very much. So <laughs> if the if the fans are saying that, if the media is saying that, if if people in the media are saying that Paul and Meg are boring on As the World Turns, if Paul and Meg fans on soap boards are saying that they're tired 
of their favorites doing the same endless story over and over again, then why aren't Gene Passanate and Goutman? Why right. can't they get a clue in and because Goutman and Consonanti apparently, like they said, don't look at. It's like, okay, you guys are making a big mistake, not listening. Well, Nelson Branco had that blind item a couple of weeks ago about what East Coast former Emmy Award-winning lead actor is so incredibly bored with his storyline that he wants out. And yeah. immediately people started screaming that so it was Roger Howard. Roger. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you that I read about Roger Howarth when he played Todd on, on oh, uh, yeah. One Life yeah. to Live. I didn't. Yeah. I was watching the show at the time. I just saw it through the press. You know the story about the rapist. And so when I yeah. started watching As the World Turns, and I'm saying, is this uh, is this the actor that everybody was going so crazy over when he played the rapist? And oh, Paul, yeah. is, I remember Paul when. The Paul that I remember from watching As the World Turns years ago was like the 16-year-old who was seduced Andy. by Andrew Cavallo. Yeah, Andrew Cavallo. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's when I used to watch. And yeah. then I come back and I see this just, I mean, talk about a clusterfuck of a messed up character. They ruined it's, Paul. The, I, I don't know how you even redeem the character now. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, like next week he's going to kidnap Eliza. Oh, that's gonna work well. That's exactly, exactly. Then, then they keep wow. saying, "Well, okay, he's insane." Well, if you're gonna make the character insane, then you know, put him in a mental hospital. And you know, even if you did something like that awful story when Steve was in the mental hospital on Days of uh, Lives a couple of years ago, yeah. But you know, at least there was some attempt there to put him in a hospital and give him a psychiatrist and play out something logical, but Paul keeps getting locked up and released every 48 hours. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah. it's like, you're insane, you need institutionalization, and oh, by the way, you can uh, leave on Tuesday and uh, come back a week <laughs> Friday and everything will be fine, we'll have a bed for you. And so, and then the character... Poor Barbara, that, all her sons were crazy and her daughter's dead. I got a feel for her. Yeah, except Will was crazy. He's gone. <laughs> and there's another example of destroying a couple of characters, taking yeah. Will and Gwen, a couple of Oh, God, kids. they made them baby crazy. Yeah, they turned them into, they sounded like a couple of 48-year-old uh, people yeah. who were cursing themselves for not having had a baby 15 years earlier. They're 19 to... years old. Let them be 19 years old. Um, the guy from Night Shift, uh, that Roger interviewed yesterday made some really good points about the writing. You know, you got to write what you know. Uh, and also, write what you think, you know, like, write for you. What would you like to see on the show? Exactly. Maybe yeah. in that, you know, because more than likely, what you would like to see, everybody else will agree with you. Well, but all this... I, I actually disagreed like, with one thing that he said in that interview. He said that uh-huh. write what you know. He said that I, if I was the head writer, I wouldn't know how to introduce a Hispanic family onto a soap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, introducing a Hispanic family onto a soap should be 
the same general concept is introducing right. an Asian family onto right. a soap, which is something or any kind have. of family for that matter. But you solve that problem by having somebody like Sri Leo, and then then say, okay, we want to concentrate on an on a Hispanic or an Asian family being introduced. Well, how about this really bizarre concept of hiring an Asian or a Hispanic co-head writer? That's what. And, yeah, that's what. Yeah. Exactly. And before you, they, people talk about the lack of diversity in actors on soaps. Mm-hmm. Well, how about getting a little bit more diversity in the writers on soaps? It's the the writers, it seems that um, exactly that they just exactly. keep the same old writers just keep revolving from one show to another. Right. They're you know they're like baseball managers who get fired for going. Um, you know, for losing eighty percent of their games, and then they get and another job managing another team. The same stories. I, I mean, we're not in the eighties and the nineties anymore. We we have evolved from twenty years ago, and yet, but we're still getting the same plots that were popular and good back in nineteen eighty one to nineteen ninety five, and you know they're trying to shove them out again, and it's not working. And it's failing time and time again. I mean, this Bob, this Paul and Meg crop that we're getting has been done before. Well, you know, yeah, they did it three weeks ago. But uh, yeah, it, but the other <laughs> the other thing too is that people. I mean, why is it that Luke and Noah fans are still following the couple, even though you? I look back over the last year and I say, okay, the Amira storyline made. No sense to me. Uh, the setup I actually kind of liked, and maybe if Amira had turned out to be Noah's half sister, then maybe yeah. they could have spun it off into something intelligent. But yeah. the storyline, you know, as handled by the scabs and abandoned by the new writers, was just a disaster. Noah supposedly wanted to join the military for reasons that made yeah. absolutely no sense, character-wise. It uh, it's just completely illogical, and yet. And then he disappeared for most of the summer. And right. then Luke has gotten great storyline in the fall, but Noah has been very much marginalized in the fall yes. storyline. There was great opportunity for Noah's story that was completely oh, wasted. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, well, but then you even look with, at it and you say, with... I'm sorry, if the, if the storyline, if I just told you that I generally didn't like anything or most about the overriding storyline for the last year, then uh-huh. why am I such still such a big fan of the characters. But and it's two things. It's it's the initial creation of the characters. They went out of their way to create two characters that I care about and relate to. And then they hire two superior actors so that you can you can see Van and Jake acting out storylines that I hate and yet I still watch and I still appreciate because I appreciate the quality of the, the acting that the guys are giving me. Absolutely. So fans can... A good, a good actor can make the worst writing yeah. look good. Exactly. 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 And the perfect example is what Jake did with that military storyline. Uh, I yeah. kept scratching my head. I kept saying... Wow, that was an amazing performance by Jake. It's like I just really wish they'd given them words to explain what the hell Noah was thinking. Why did why why was he doing it? Yeah. And, <laughs> it just, it just kind of fell into his lap. It was like you're going to do what? You just got back together with your boyfriend. 
you're and, going to join the military. But I mean, uh, on on one level, you know, like like I've told you, Tom, I can understand it just because I understand the character of Noah, and I, I get where Noah's coming from, probably. But it just made no sense in the sense of the storyline. No, yeah, like, it didn't fit. And in, in fact, yeah. you know that the issue that I have is that one of the things I do on the uh, on the website is I, I write a fan fiction story centered on Noah. Uh-huh. And because I'm so long-winded, I'm still haven't gotten to that point. I haven't learned to watch <laughs> yeah. yet in my story. But he, I, uh, you know, I'm looking ahead saying that that's a real challenge. I'm going to have to try to find some reason to justify why, reason why Noah he acted that way. Was, yeah. And then it's, I realized it, that what I'm doing is that I am trying to put more thought into the storyline than the people who wrote it. So it's they just, like, um, even with this last story with Brian, because, you know, the ending, which was perfect. I mean, how Noah was the one that kind of got Brian to see that killing himself was not going to help and everything like that. Wouldn't it have made it so much better if, like, we would have seen some, first of all, some scenes with Brian and Noah Hello, the, the two of them never really interacted by themselves. Yeah, so, what really you know, ended up, yeah, what really ended up happening is that the scenes that we saw in December yeah. and January made yeah. you want wish that the writers had gone back and rewritten yeah. the scenes from September, October, and from November. From September, exactly. Exactly. Because you're like, wow, wouldn't it have been cool if Brian and Noah could have had some conversations? That way we would have understood why he was always not on Luke's side when Luke was always bad-mouthing Brian and, you know, and always taking Brian's side, so to speak, because obviously he wasn't, but you know what I mean. Like, he would be like, Luke, you need to treat Brian better. But why would we really know that? Why would we believe that if we've never seen Brian and Noah together? Exactly. But that's the that's the perfect example. Then you look at a storyline like that, or you look at the um, the storyline on Days of Our Lives when when Nick, who was always the the scientist and Mister Perfect guy, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they started writing in this aspect where he was having these moments of rage, and then he right. he kills uh, what was he it Troy Roscoe uh, yeah. Bourne's character, and yeah. it's you know it's stunt plotting and not long-term story development. So you, I, I think that you'd like you look at this Luke and Noah story o, over the last six months mm-hmm. and say there's so much wrong there that, and you wonder why the fans are frustrated, and you have to back it up and say, where does the responsibility lie what? for the for the mess of the, mm-hmm. of the lack of airtime and the um, the inability to properly flesh out a story when yeah. you've got two characters that everybody wants to see and you're not fleshing out the story properly and because you're giving all the time to Paul and Meg when even the Paul and Meg fans aren't buying that storyline, even they're exactly. fed up with it. Yeah, exactly. So Well that just shows you right there they're not listening, so, so Yeah. They, yeah, exactly. They're and, like saying they listen to the fans but like clearly you're not. They don't. Well I was one that was always a big uh, supporter of Christian, Christopher Goutman for part, for the main reason being the, the history of the fact that uh, he's the one who hired Van Hansen. He went to his alma mater. He went to Carnegie Mellon and said, find me, you know, who, where's somebody to play Luke? And so it was the Carnegie Mellon connection with Goutman 
probably was what got Fan through the door originally. Oh, or at least sure. Got, at least got him noticed. So oh, sure. Surely, in that yeah. regard, you know, I have to, you know, bow down to Goutman. But it just seems that he's gotten lazy, and this asinine uh, interview he gave a few months ago where he said that you can't expect fans to watch soaps five days a week. And, <laughs> yeah, you just oh wanted to God. laugh at him. He you just wanted to laugh at him. Like, genre. Absolutely makes Are no you sense. serious? Yeah. And no. then And then Gene Passanante. I mean, I was very surprised to hear that after having watched Another World for like about 10 years or so, I gave up on it be- about a year before it went off the air because the writing was miserable and the long-term characters were being destroyed. And I said, this just completely sucks. And then I flipped the channel and started watching um, As the World Turns instead. And it turns out that the head writer during the period I gave up on a show I'd been watching for 15 years was Gene Passanante. So I had no clue. It's just a full circle deal. And yeah. So, and it just... Um, but it just seems that if you're run, if the show is run by somebody like Goutman who is making comments like that, I uh, I don't think you can run it five days a week. I don't think you, um, I don't think that fans can concentrate on the show that way. I mean, how do you expect me to have faith in your show when you don't have faith in your show? Exactly. Exactly. No I don't sense. get that. And it's and, like it's like he's trying to dumb down the audience, right? And, and now they're playing this new pacing game where they're uh, where they're putting characters on for a greater percentage of a certain show and then speeding through storyline. Yeah. And so Paul and Meg can say the same thing that they said last week again next week. They exactly. need better balance. They need better balance. I mean, like, I, and I know a lot of people have said this when. The guys finally had sex on January 12th. The logical business decision should have been, okay, we should follow this up with the boys being on Tuesday's show. Because everybody who watched today is going to want to tune in to see what happens next. Well, also, and the other thing that they didn't do is that that they didn't follow up on any of the storylines that, Luke has not really been called to task for his drinking. Is the this all the no, all, he's only all the misunderstanding no between Luke and Noah, and then yeah. they throw a line in on the Wednesday episode saying, "Oh, yeah, let's exactly. Just, we talk. it's, it's like we talked about it." Well, why didn't we? Okay. See it? Where was that scene? We should have seen that played out on screen. We definitely should have seen that talk. And it's uh, they. They talk. You talk about the pacing. I mean, I remember from watching shows over the years that it seemed like on both days of our lives in General Hospital, you would see the same type of uh, of oh, yeah. structure. And I'm guessing yeah. that it's that it's on other shows too. That mm-hmm. that like a character characters would come on and be the minor storyline on Tuesday. Right. That would then lead into a full play out of that story on Wednesday. Exactly. Now the characters yeah. that came in on Wednesday that were the secondary story on Wednesday became we'll the, the primary story on Thursday. Story on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And it just always seemed to be that loop and everything that 
So you knew that if they were on the Friday cliffhanger, they were definitely on Monday. Absolutely. And yet then they hooked them in with another storyline, which carried through Tuesday and Wednesday. And it was an interlinked chain. And it worked. And on another on as the world turns you see characters that are a central point of a major point of the show for a day or two and then they disappear for four or five days and then they come back. Right, and, and you're supposed and they'll see their their fans may not be able to follow. I mean, you talk about Chris Goutman says, well, they can't watch a five-day show because they won't be able to follow anything. Oh, we'll be able to follow fine if you lose it, right? If you're having the, if you're having characters, uh, like, let's say, God forbid, there was, ever was a time when Megan Paul were on Monday. They were on Monday's show. They did their thing. Nice cliffhanger moment. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we saw no Megan Paul. Friday, at the end of the show, we see Megan Paul again, and you're wondering, well, what's going on on Monday? Yeah, you, you because, don't remember. Right. You're too far back. I mean, exactly. They're, they're running into that now with uh, Jack and Janet. They're so, yeah. uh They've seemed to have forgotten they, they about They need to find a balance. They don't have a balance anymore. It used and, to. But Jean Passanate thinks that this new model of hers of... Uh, accelerating storyline is the way to go. But I don't think soap fans want that. Soap fans want to see storyline played out in a natural right. progression over time. Right. They don't want to see somebody disappear for 14 days and then have... And then like, all of a sudden there they are again, and you're like, well, what, what, where were they? Right. And then, and then because, I mean, you see it too with the characters of... Uh, of Casey and Allison is that mm-hmm. this romance could have played out decently, but they're tending to do now the same thing with Casey and Allison that they were doing with Luke and Noah. Back at the beginning. They're on every fourth or fifth day, and then yeah. they have to cram a whole bunch of stuff into one episode in order to get the storyline to cover, and then and then we get it all done, and then they disappear for a week and a half. Yeah. And... and they're, and you see that they may be in four rushed scenes, which, yeah. if scripted properly, could have been eight proper scenes fleshed out and explained over a two or three day period. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get the need to push. Like, I guess on the day that Luke was on, me and Angela were watching the segments. You know, because Dusty and Meg we're on for a solid two minutes in the beginning. And you're like, okay, is, is the show going to be completely about Dusty and Meg? What's right. going on here? What's with these, you, you, you were trying to cram. Dusty, Meg and Dusty, Meg and Dusty. Right. Well, and it's like. It seemed like there was always the way with most shows is that the, before the opening credits, you'd get mm-hmm. a minute or of each one of the characters. And then. Right. Generally speaking, anybody that was central central to the show appeared before the opening credits as a little yeah. introduction. Right. And then after the opening credits, you start going through the stories in some even pacing. But uh, As the World Turns doesn't seem to know how to do that any longer. Is that a lot Not of these anymore. episodes are split seventy thirty in terms of characters on any given day. Yeah, I mean, I've watched the previews and go, okay, they're cramming. And you can tell when they're doing it now. 
You can tell when they're cramming too much into an episode. And and what's what's the point of that? I mean, they have you talk about having an entire year's worth of story. You have a storyline that's going to play out over a nine month period. Right. Why, you know, why does so much have to happen to these two characters when other characters are on much longer and nothing ever happens with them? And in it's in Days of Our Lives, you see the the same kind of thing going on. Is that you've got Sammy and her boyfriends just doing this, you know, mating (laughs) dance in a circle. And wait, and Sammy Sammy's relationships don't change. They don't every, go every single every single boyfriend Sammy has had, you know, the guy's been, oh my god, the best guy ever and she does something to screw up or they do something to screw up, so they break up and she gets pregnant by them. They get back together and it's like the same story. And if every you go, time. and if you go back a little bit you realize that it's it's taking the original Roman and Marlena story where Marlena was um where Roman was the cop who's out to protect Marlena, and, yeah, because uh, they think she's the victim, and and he's gruff and she doesn't like him and he doesn't like her, and eventually they um, they fall madly in love. Well, now they got this guy from Passions, and it sounds like that's a complete retread of that story. He's suddenly I never F- thought of that. He's like an FBI agent point. who's protecting yeah, her. Yeah. And- uh-huh. Right. He's yeah. locking her right. in a safe house. Well, you know, it's been an awful long time since Sammy's been locked in a safe house. So it was what last year, I think, that they had mm-hmm. her locked up with EJ in a safe house. Right, because she was going on maternity leave or whatever. Yeah. So it's um, well, at least they at least they did some fun with that, where they had her recast with a guy. And no, no, they didn't recast. Yeah, that was that was funny. They that pretended was funny. it was. They pretended it was her in a mask. And you yeah. know, I'm, so, I'm sorry, folks. Rule one: If you want to pretend that one character is another, choose an actor <laughs> whose skull is at least somewhat proportionally the same Similar, size as yeah. the actor they're replacing. Is this, right. You know, how did Sammy manage to make her whole entire head thinner when she was being played by the guy? <laughs> I, I didn't get that at all. But, yeah, well, yeah. that is a bizarre storyline. But that's uh, so you talk about days, and it's it's the same kind of thing. Is that they they get one storyline spinning aimlessly in a circle. You've got randomly introduced characters that are not connecting with each other, and then you're trying to somehow keep people interesting when the pace is off, the the I'm, writing is I'm, off, the structure yeah, is off. It's, it's all off. I, I miss the days of when even. You had all the different storylines, but somehow, some way, those storylines overlapped. I mean, for example, you know, I think it's really funny that they had Luke telling Jade about, you know, the whole Casey and Emily thing. I'm like, when did Luke know about the Casey and Emily thing? I mean, you know, they took Casey out of Luke's orbit and the Luke during that whole period. Luke never spoke to Casey during that whole yeah. time, and no. he, he never spoke about Casey. No, nope. but at, at least now he had the appropriate appropriate. He never even spoke about Emily to um, Luke either. Yes, I know. That yeah. was just like okay. All of a sudden, he all knows of all about Emily Stewart. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you you look at it and you say, "Well, wait a second. Have do those characters ever really? Do they really know each other?" Exactly. So 
you see, see, for instance, is that in part of doing the um, the trivia thing, and the, I saw the the scene with Luke and um, and Carly, where mm-hmm. where Luke went down to Snyder Pond and he bumps into right, right. And Carly. And right. now you realize that I mean I understand that you say well you got now Mara West and Van Hansis. I mean we've never seen the two of them in a scene together unless. It was a wedding, well, and they were twenty. Yeah, like the last time. In fact, the last time we saw them in a scene together was the wedding for Holden and Lily. And the last time they actually did something together was on the telephone call when she called randomly, called the farm, and Luke answered, and she was looking for JJ. Yeah, which was two years ago. But yeah. Uh, so you so it's like. That, and so Carly is talking to Luke like she knows Luke well. Right. Of course she should because there there are all these family connections, but we you you never even saw them interact or pass by on a street corner and talk to each other. So it well, you know weakens what else was the weird. ability um, of the two actors to play that scene. Yeah, and and it, they didn't even do it justice. I would have loved to see those two throw down because they've got the pipes. And the shouting, and that would have been very, very interesting if they would have let him lash out at her like he was lashing out at Holden. Um, but that was but, well. Both of those were incredibly wasted opportunities because yeah. Luke completely forgave forgave Holden within a week and a half. Oh yeah, yeah. It was too quick. Yeah, I know. I was so looking forward to a rift between Luke and Holden because that's big. You know, Holden fell off his pedestal. As far well, that's as, like you know, how Michael Park said in his interview last week. Yeah. How he was yeah. he was hoping for something like that. He was hoping that he could it. punch him. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, I understand that sometimes they they realize that their core fans are not uh, buying a storyline, and I guess in general, the long term, as the world turns, fans did not like the the idea of Holden and Carly together. No. But uh, but I actually found it. Interesting because I it, thought it was interesting because I thought the fallout was going to be perfect. You know, I I thought we were going to get this yeah. fantastic, you know, ooh, Jack and Holden coming at odds for what? Because Jack and Holden have always been like brothers. Well, so unfortunately, like, also they I think that that storyline was plotted out and it was damaged by the fact that they couldn't work things out with Martha Byrne because yeah. because yeah. sort of. Holden cheating on Martha Byrne is right. you know, full of drama, right. but Holden cheating on Noel Beck. On Noel Beck, it was just like, eh, okay, I wanted it to hold up. It didn't hold up the end of yeah. the bargain. It, if, exactly. if they were able to work out a deal with Martha Byrne, that would have had more possibilities. I think it would have been more explored had they worked yeah. out a deal with Martha Byrne. Um, and it would have well, been explosive. Also, it there been, was a yeah. storyline that they were – the the speculation was that it was supposed to go in the other direction as well, and it's implausible oh, with the Jack IP. And, yeah. Jack yeah. and Lily. So Jack it's Lily. like, you know, Michael Park and Martha Byrne. And I, it's like that That also, I mean, just like Holden and Carly, I guess sort of in terms of character history, it wouldn't have made a lot of sense. But no. it could have been some real powerful stuff. And unfortunately, that they simply didn't have um, John Hensley and Noel didn't have enough time to work together to, and to develop perfect any kind of chemistry that would have made that storyline work. Yeah. 
or a little recognition of the of the fans to sort of you know recognize the right. The well, I still say they they did that too fast. I mean, having her leave at the end of April, and then Noel came in what two weeks later on the eighth of May. Yeah, that was not right. enough time at all yeah. for you know for the fans to kind of get used to the fact that Martha was gone, and you know hell she could have stayed at Ivis. Lily could have stayed at Ivis for a little bit longer, whatever, got to, you know, spend some time at the spa, blah, blah, blah. It's not like it's the first time she's ever left her kids. So, you well, know, the, pro- the problem there is that the uh, the long-term story was plotted out. So if you don't have and, Lily... And it, and it would have been have even better, to... though, because she was gone. Holden could have fell into Carly's arms. And you know what I mean? And, and you can't tell me they don't rewrite. Oh, they certainly do. know they rewrite. do. And, so and ironically, they could have made it longer. Ironically, when sometimes they rewrite and they they get it right because yeah. they were they were going to fix Jack up with um with Lily, and yeah. then they failed on it, and then they were going to do the Janet and Brad and Katie triangle, and they realized they that didn't work because Janet was just like this really sort of annoying cross between a hooker and a flow from Alice in the 1970s. And yeah. it was awful. So then they backpedaled it. They didn't know what to do, so they just stuck Janet and Jack together. And then they turn out that they mellow Janet down, and they they turn her into a character that suddenly the fans are all behind in working out. And the actress is spectacular. I mean, I've been a fan of Julie Pinson since... Uh, well, in yeah. the day, days, days when she was, days, days, when she was absurdly done. underutilized. Oh, right? yeah. I could totally. never understood why a, a beautiful woman like that could ne- could only find one guy in the entire world that she could ever be with. Seriously. And, Ugh. And, and it just, you know, they was the way they treated her was shameful. Yeah. And, but then they bring her on here, and the character they create is a mess and a disaster, they randomly throw her together with Jack, and suddenly something happens, and the character melts out. And she's still out. a mess and a disaster, though. No, but she, I, I she, mean, she's a very. I don't know. Janet's a much more interesting character now than she true. was the first few weeks of the That's show. True. Yeah, yeah. The first few weeks, you just wanted to smack her, and she was like, even actually, what was interesting, and I, I thought this was really cool. Julie even said that she was kind of cartoony. So you yeah. know, that's the actress, and she said. Janet was kind of like this cartoony character at first. But and then, now, you know. And now she's become sort of like this sort of good Earth Mother type of yeah. normal down-to-Earth character. I mean, if anything, she's like a younger version of Emma. And and that's not at all where they originally planned on that character. So they can think on the fly, and once in a while they get it right, and other times they just monumentally don't get it right. And that's, you know, that sort of seems to be the history of that show. Is that, do, you, uh, um, do you think that they're going to take Liberty and Parker and have Liberty become a teenage parent at a mom? Oh, I don't. Oh. Mm. I, that, I, that is the speculation I think... that I have heard. <laughs> I think on that note we better wrap it up. <laughs> 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 well, uh, we'll probably be here for another three hours. 
Oh, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, wow, just looked at the clock, Novelle. You really let us run wild here. Wow, Novelle. Well, I did kinda of wanna intend it for well, I did kinda of wanna intend it for a two hour show, so we did good. But um so thank you so much you guys. I mean we we filled up the time that I wanted at least. So Well, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we gotta do this again. Random oh, shows are fun. I'll tell you. Yeah, they are. I wish you had been around actually last week, Nadelle, because we did a random show. We were just, you know, talking about news and what we liked about the storyline, and and we would have loved to have had you on. I mean, that would have been awesome. Of course, that might have been because we had no storyline to recap because our favorite characters weren't on. To go there again. (laughs) There was was no storyline. I was too busy on a boat to... To pay attention, I guess. Hey, what can yeah. you do? Well, but, uh, now, okay. now you're going okay. on another one. Yeah, you're going to march with me, baby. I am. And yes. I'm going to you guys. I really wish I could be there with you. But uh, it can't happen, unfortunately. So, uh, That's okay, maybe... Tom. We'll see you in April. You'll see you in April. Are you coming in April, Nivelle? You I hope so. Time? I hope Last so. Last year fell my weekend to work, so hopefully this weekend I can finally have off. I don't but, know. I have to look at advance, but I you think, can, uh, you think have I'm to off. work it out because you need you need to be there because you need to meet me. So there's your. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> we're working on that one. <laughs> All right, you guys. You take care now. You have a good weekend. All right. Okay. Thank you very yeah, much. You have a good too. night. All right. Okay. Bye, Bye. 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 Well, thank you guys so much for kicking back with us for the last two hours, talking about some of the latest dirt and scoops. Some of you may not have been able to get into the chat room and listen to the show tonight. Um, if you want to have me go over some of the blind items, please email me at buzzworthyradio at gmail.com or at navly at buzzworthyradio.net. You can even PM me on my MySpace or Facebook. The links are on our Blog Talk Radio page. Or you can go to our website at buzzworthyradio.net. Should be an email. Let me know if you want to go over some of the blind items next week. Now, on next Friday's show, I will do my best to go over some of them with you and reveal some of the little tidbits of the blind items. I may not be able to do them for all of them, but I'll probably be able to do it for some of them. So just just hit up at me, and I'll definitely go over it with you. We are back on Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern time with Matt Eisman. He's the go-to guy on the Style Network's Clean House and also the host of Sports Soup on the Versus Network. So we'll be joined by him on Monday. So hopefully you guys can check us out next week. We'll be back on Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And as always, get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.